honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Today we had on Mitch from TD Bank out in Toronto, Canada. Um, honestly, this was the first time that we've ever like met face-to-face, even though it was only through Skype. And there was nuggets that... Um, I didn't even know he had experience in and everything like that. We talked everything from esports to sports to just straight business. So um, check this out. Before we start rolling, I just wanted to thank you. Um, and obviously, from this point forward, obviously you knew before uh, this, like anything that you need at any point, let me know. And if I can help, I will. Um, cool. But literally just want to make this more of a candid conversation more than anything. Um, since actually, uh, you probably don't even know, but since I asked you to be jump on with me, uh, we rebranded from the urban misfit show to strange on purpose. Uh, uh, essentially that the, the misfit name is awesome, but a lot of people can relate to being strange and strange on purpose and why. Uh, so that'll be one of the questions, a new question, Um, so noodle on that. It could be something really crazy and deep and death for you, or it could be very candid, um, quick answer. So cool. Awesome. Well, we're all good, Eric. Cool. Um, so just to start off, wanted to get who you are, what you do, um, and why you do it to, to our listen listeners right now. And, uh, just so they know who you are to start. Sure. Sounds good. All right. So My name is Mitch Sharma, born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, lived there most of my life. So for those who know where that is, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere in uh, (laughs) Western Canada, but uh, it's a a small town. Uh, Now it's a big city now, so it's grown quite a bit since uh, I've grown up. But uh, I moved to Ontario full-time a couple of years ago uh, as sports business has always been my my dream and my passion. So for the last, I'd say, 12 years, I've been kind of on an ongoing journey of how to change up my life from originally focusing on finance and business from a you know monetary standpoint as a young 20 year old to realizing that wasn't a fit for me just because I didn't have the passion for it I I could not cut it the way that the other people in finance could and one day I had a chat with a former boss of mine at a Toronto financial firm and he said what do you really want to do with your life because I can feel like this is not what you want to do yeah. And I said, I just want to work in sports. I know it's a very generic answer, but I just want to do sports because that's all I care about. And it's not about playing the game. It's about under, understanding it, analyzing it, and really getting involved in the business side of things. And he's just like, why don't you go do it? I was 23 years old at the time, but I felt like my world was already over because I didn't know what I wanted to do. He's like, you got tons of time in your life to figure out what it is you want to do. Why don't you just go do it? You're at the perfect stage of your life to go do it. So Literally since 2008 till now, I've been on a constant grind, figuring out ways to hustle, get my name out there. You know, I was I did many internships, did three of them in total, uh, but eventually found full-time work with my hometown Edmonton Oilers. Nice. Uh, grew up watching since I was a kid, and you know, I, I obviously a lot of those guys that played for the team are my idols growing up. 
And then I was able to check that box off the bucket list and finally get to work for them and then work my way up uh, over the four years I worked there. Uh, but I wanted more. I wanted to get an MBA. So it brought me back to Ontario. Then I, so I thought I'd change things up a little bit, do a little bit of a uh, curveball and go into consumer packaged goods. So I worked for General Mills, mm-hmm. uh, this the big company that works with cereals uh, and granola bars, Nature Valley, Cheerios. Shout out to Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, the brands I worked on. Hey, nice. There you go. So hopefully Sponsor the podcast? Are, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe back in the day, but uh, they're great, great products nonetheless. Uh, and then, uh, but I realized even at that time, it kind of had a foreshadowing again or a backshadowing really to the time when I worked in finance where it just really wasn't a fit. And so I decided to go back to the hustle and get my, get my feet back in the door sports. And, you know, one thing led to another and I'm now managing the sports sponsorships for uh, one of the biggest banks in Canada. So it's been a nice 12 year journey. So I know it was a, a long winded answer to a short question there, Izzy, but that's kind of a, a story, a, a short story of how I got to where I am now. That's awesome. Do you feel like right now, uh, when you go into work, do you feel like you've made a complete 180 from that conversation with your boss? I would say so. I feel I feel very complete. I feel in the sense where I do want more in my career, like a lot of young people do, but mm-hmm. I feel that I have no regrets. I, I'm very happy with the decisions that have been made over the last 12 years that have brought me to where I am now. And you know, that's a lot of advice I give to young cats out there who are, who are like me 10 years ago who wanted to figure out how do I do what you're doing. And I, I just tell them, you got, you got to just focus on what, what's in your mind that really just – I know it's generic, but what keeps you happy. And what I use as an example is that you get up every morning, and the biggest challenge for people is to get out of bed. But one challenge that is because you're not maybe working in a job that you really enjoy. Yep. And if you can find that employment, I think you guys can relate. You know, you guys are doing your own hustle. And I feel like you guys can relate where you got up every morning now and you're like, you know what? This is what's driving me out of bed because I'm going to do something that I'm already passionate about. So it's not a chore. It's not a punishment. It's not a, a crime or something that makes me feel like I'm doing something bad. It's I'm doing something I really love. And that's what I do now. And so, I, yeah, I, I love every morning now because I'm excited what the day is going to bring. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think on our end, and me specifically, I, I had that sports business background, uh, maybe not as long as I'd, I would have liked. I mean, my entire life, I wanted to um, be in sports. I remember when I was little, uh, people would ask me like, hey, what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a sports agent. I'm going to be a sports agent. That was always my answer. I was never the the kid that says, "Oh, I'm going to be a doctor or I'm going to be a geologist or something like that." Sure. It was it was obvious. It was always, "Hey, I'm going to be a, sp- a sports agent or I'm going to work in sports. I'm going to be a GM, something like that." Mm-hmm. And when I broke into the industry, um, my first job was with the Bucks, and it was great. I honestly, the first foot in the door that I I can't really look back on and say it was a bad experience because I I got to learn something about my spot myself that wasn't i it wasn't like apparent to me that sales like sports sales wasn't my thing so i needed to like your boss said you need to go out there and do it and if you don't like it that's you're young enough to recover um and just like you said i mean i've gone through all these little different career moves and everything like that but i for the first time in my life i i remember in one of my previous jobs i used to wake up i used to drive uh it was a five, six minute drive away from work. And I would wake up at 7.30, roll in at eight o'clock and I'd be on time every day. And here I wake up 
as early as like I can to come into work every morning and say, okay, I'm going to hit this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And here we are, like I'm recording this podcast with you. It's not even, it's not that late. It's six o'clock here and I'm still in the office. I want to do this type of stuff. I want to talk to people like you guys, because you guys are like, ex- like the people like you are exactly who I wanted to be at that point. Um, and I want to see like where your mindset was when you were at my point. Um, just breaking into the industry and stuff like that. So, um, completely get it. That's an amazing story. And I love that. I love that your boss told you like, go and do it. Like, uh, you don't get that a lot. Like a lot of bosses be like, no, keep trying, keep trying. You'll like it over time. Exactly. No, it was, it was refreshing that, you know, being a young cat, you know, you, you come out of school thinking that, you know, I get this job in finance and then I'll just make a ton of money and my life's complete because you don't have a full perspective on really what's about to hit you with real life. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that I had a talk with someone who didn't owe, he didn't owe me anything. He didn't have to go out of his way to say that. He could have been like, all right, have a, have a good life, take care, all that kind of stuff. But he somehow had a vested interest in my well-being in terms of my career. And, you know, him and I still keep in touch because I, I do have that. I owe him that a one little bit of relationship, too, just because of the fact of even though he didn't realize how much was going to be worth in value, what he said to me, it has lasted me for the last 12 years. I've, I've kept in the back of my mind just being like, Jason told me to, to push myself to do what I wanted, and I'm doing what he told me, and I don't think he – he probably doesn't realize how important those words were to me, but yeah. I live it every day. But I live every day by those words, and I like to pass it on to you know, young cats like yourself, Izzy. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, and it's um, something – here we're like obsessed with culture. Um, and that's like the culture I want to have as me, um, leading my interns or leading the, the creative team or leading my project manager. I want to them to have the flexibility and the, the trust in me to say, Hey, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm doing the right thing for me or something like that. And I want to help, um, at the end of the day, like if I have this wealth of connections, yeah, it'll help me. But after I pass on, who's it going to help? Like it, it makes no exactly. sense. You got to share and collaborate as much as possible. So I, I love that. I love that so much. Um, awesome. But you mentioned uh, you're at one of the biggest banks in uh, Canada, correct? You got it. So the country itself. The the biggest ba- one of the biggest banks in Canada. So um, and you're managing all their relationships with um, sport. Uh, like different teams. Um, how many different relationships is that? And how tough is that on yourself? Yeah, I would say, you know, let me, I'll correct one thing. I'll give TD a little bit of love, you know, with our our Q4 earnings report, we did finish number one in, uh, in all of Canada. So the Ooh. number one bank, I'll okay. Wrap it okay. Up a little bit got brand loyalty right there. But, uh, <laughs> I'll put that in the no, description. I, <laughs> Put that in the description. But uh, overall, though, I mean, you know, with anyone that's had experience working corporate sponsorships, I mean, there's a lot of relationship management in the day because you are working with multiple sports properties. At the same time, you're working internally with different departments, especially at a big bank. You know, there's so many different lines of business, LOBs as we call them. And at the same time, you also work with your marketing agency. So overall, I would say, you know, on a day-to-day, I'm working with at least 12 to 15 different people, uh, managing multiple call- phone calls, uh, meetings, as well as email exchanges. So there's a lot of relationship management involved. It spans the country. So I go coast to coast uh, from literally wow. almost a uh, majority of the big cities in Canada. So there's a lot of things to manage. But, you know, that's one thing I've learned over the last year and a half being with TD that it's it's not being afraid to make mistakes because these are the certain situations in your life where you go on this kind of plane and then eventually you're going to hit a, a trajectory where you're going to be expected to do a lot more. 
And with that comes a, a deeper pool and learning how to swim in that pool is going to be very important. So I think I've used that last year and a half as training to sometimes keep my head will come to sometimes go below water. But then if you have a good resource and a network, which I know, you know, you're all about, it's that it allow, allows you to kind of lift yourself up over that, that threshold and keep your head above water. So uh, I think it's, it's very important just to, to stay focused and stay confident when you deal with all these different relationships. Yeah. I love that. And, um, when I was, I, when I was the, the guy on the other side of the table, kind of pitching people like y yourself, um, it was tough just on that end because I had to manage not only, uh, making sure my current clients are happy, but how can I leverage my current clients between, um, the, the prospects that I might have to, to sponsor these local teams and marathons and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, but then on the flip end, how do I make sure that I'm producing an amazing like experience for my current clients to have them renew and keep going and uh, making sure that they're seeing an ROI on their investment? Because at the end of the day, um, a lot when I was in sponsorships, it was in minor league sports and a lot of people don't see an ROI and um, it's tough. It's, it's really tough, especially at the level I was at. Um, but to provide someone an ROI at the level I was at, it's like eye opening because at that mm. point they're like, Oh, there is, there's money behind this. Um, it's not sure. just a, a minor league sport and it's, it's hard to get that point across until somebody actually jumps and does it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, um, obviously you wake up every morning, you enjoy, you honestly enjoy what you do every day. Um, so what else in your, your mind or in your upbringing drives you to, to wake up every morning and keep doing what you're doing? Whew, that's, a, that's a deep question there, Izzy. <laughs> uh, I would say, you know, I, I'm not going to, I would probably say it's a classic story for my folks. You know, they're both from India and, you know, they moved to Canada with just my, with literally just my brother and suitcases. They had, they had wow. nothing. The typical rakes to riches story. Um, Coming to India, I mean, coming from India, they obviously wanted the best for my brother and I. My brother was two when they came here. They had me about seven years later. And, you know, they worked, they hustled. They worked hard. You know, my my dad, you know, worked as a concierge at a hotel. My mom, the typical East Indian, worked at 7-Eleven. Yeah. But then they found their own hustle. They found what they were good at. And my mom eventually took a huge risk and pivoted from what, you know, typically most East Indians did at that time in the early 80s. And she decided to go back to school while she had me. And she decided wow. to open up her own business in accounting, and it's become a very successful business in Edmonton uh, for the last oof, 27 years, 28 years. That's awesome. And my dad my dad's went from hotel management to working as a teller at a big bank in Canada, not the one I work at, but a different one. And he eventually carved a niche in a role that he was very passionate about, and they built a role in the bank only for him that only existed in all of Canada strictly for him because he was so good at what he did. Wow. And so I took that as inspiration being like, well, both my parents really carved out a role that was specific to what they were passionate about. So why don't I take that for myself and figure out what is it that I'm passionate about? And that's sports. But within sports, it's relationships. I love talking to people. I love talking sports, but I also love talking about life and how to focus on the things that are your most passionate about and how to really drive towards achieving those goals. So I think those are the inspirational points that I use on a day-to-day. -day. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I, you brought up sports. Uh, we're going to dive into the industry itself a little bit here. Um, we specifically, I, I just had Adam White from Front, front Office Sports mm -hmm. on, um, nice. and he honestly, it's crazy how he's been able to do what he has in such a short amount of time. Um, but I, I see all these different um, companies popping up and it's all surrounding uh, tech. 
um, really. And I want to know like what you think um, is going like the, the sports industry itself changes every day. But with the advancements in, ch- in tech in the near future, like I read the other day that um, within the next 10 years, if the growth keeps going um, the way it is, the drone racing league is going to be one of the biggest sports out there. And a lot of people wouldn't consider that sports. And as that as tech continues to grow, how do you think that's going to help you in your role today? Um, but then as sports obviously get to um, involve tech a little bit more, what do you think is it going to do with the industry? No, that's a great question. I would say we live in a very exciting time, especially with our age, because as millennials, we've grown with almost all varieties and generations of technology. And I think when we look at sports sponsorships within that world of tech and seeing the growth, you know, I take a look at let's start as, as easy as broadcast and seeing how the changes in viewership is, is drastically, it's, it's monumentally changing where we were heavily reliant on television. And now you're seeing most of people, especially in our demographics, where they're leaning towards digital and mm-hmm. it's online subscriptions, it's streaming, whether it's illegal or illegal, people, kids and youth are doing it more and more. And then now you're seeing even now in gaming, where now gaming is becoming the new way to capture content so i know i know that uh the music performer marshmallow did a concert via Fortnite uh, a couple weeks ago and then even with the super bowl you know they're almost getting numbers that are getting equivalent to what people are watching on television in terms of digital streams so for a sponsor it's very important to to really absorb that data it's no longer an era where we can look at it and kind of laugh and be like no 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 tv is king and we don't have to worry about these things now you know person like myself, you know, who's working with individuals who are senior to me, who are a little bit, let's call it past their prime with certain technologies, <laughs> that they need that reliance on us to look at what's hot and what's not. So for example, broadcast, you know, I, I try to pitch more digital streaming now and work on ways to attract to the second screen versus the, the primary screen when watching, let's say, for example, hockey or baseball up here in Canada. So I, I definitely think that the way that tech is changing, it's important for anyone who is, whether they are in sports or trying to get into sports, or even if you're outside of sports, it's understanding what, how is your industry being affected by tech, because it's all going to be affected. There's no way you're going to be able to escape it, even from taking the bus in the morning, yep. the way you pay, like everything is going to be affected by tech. So uh, I think it's very important to stay on top of those technologies and knowing that it's going to affect you. So being on top and be able to relay that to your superiors only makes you look more unique and passionate about uh, the work that you do every day yeah and it's crazy like uh q q is a massive like tech nerd um and as he keeps preaching i, I actually was uh obviously his college roommate at the time uh well in college and we also always used to go back and forth he always said that tech is going to change kind of the landscape of sports and me being the sports nut i laughed at him all the time i was almost that uh uh, what did you say? Out, outdated or maybe less informed person? Um, because I was archaic. Yeah, and it was it was honestly I, I was sitting there like ah no this kid is crazy honestly and um, it's cr- it's even crazier because like not too long ago we partnered with uh, Milwaukee Bucks Gaming in the 2K Gaming League and helped them out with some video content and stuff like that. Um, but just to see the amount of kids and people that like everybody's trying to reach Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z. Obviously, millennials are hot still, but Gen Z is the next up and coming generation that we need to hit. And it's funny because we we talk to people about this and they're like, yeah, we're going to hit Gen Z. And we just got these eight billboards. I'm like, wait, why? <laughs> why did you do that? Uh, what's what's 
I know Gen Z might be still sitting in the back seat, but they're looking right. at their phones. They're not looking outside the window. It's no. not the seventies. They don't. They don't have to stare out the window all the time. Um, and it's just. It's just funny because um, even like in my role right now, it's crazy how much like we just bought. I just bought myself a MacBook, and not too long ago, and I always had like Chromebooks or just honestly like crappy hps and it's crazy how much stuff i can do on this laptop compared to my hundred dollar hp that i bought at best buy on clearance on an open box and um i I had to i had to get taught like oh you can do this and this and this and it's so easy like i'm producing some of my own videos because they make it so easy for me um as somebody that never really developed his own content or anything like that. So as stuff starts to change, um, I'm really excited to see how that changes in regards to uh, the industry. But then like sponsorships specifically, like um, Coors Light and the Bucks just had have this cool activation when you go to Bucks games um, and you sit down at your seat. And instead of like missing the next Giannis dunk or the next um, Chris Middleton three, or if it's a tight scenario and you really want that beer, they literally you can go to the Bucks app and tap "Beer Me" and a beer will show up at your seats for you. Um, and little stuff like that is gonna what is is going to be what enhances the experiences at these games and what exactly. pushes people to these games instead of like you said, uh, going to Reddit.com back, backslash whatever NFL streams exactly. and just watching it at home. No, I love that. This is like this is one of the areas of the industry that I love, love, love so much about is just because at the end of the day, it's all a business as we all know. But those two words that you talked about are fan experience. Those is really what the real bottom line is in our industry, because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we all have the best fan experience possible. So while there's so many elements when you go to a game like you guys have this brand spanking new arena for the Bucks, right? Yeah. It's all the rage these days about how advanced it's becoming and it's obviously trying to make sure that it has all the cool accoutrement if you will that uh, a city like LA or a city like New York will have but you bring it to the Midwest like you would have in Milwaukee but what's the whole point of that it's just to make sure that the fans like you big bucks fans you know you got Giannis who's gonna everyone's calling the next LeBron James you want to make sure that you're as close to the action as possible if you're sitting in the courtside or sitting in the nosebleeds but like you talked about even getting that beer ordered right through your phone makes that fan experience even more uh, appreciative at the same time makes you a bigger Bucks fan. So I think anything you can do to understand what can make that experience more welcoming to the fan as a brand, as a corporate brand, as the actual team itself, you only become that much more acceptive, accepted by the fan. And I think that's for me as a, a working for a big bank, we want to look authentic. We want to come across as not just doing it to make money. It's also to say, hey, listen, we're as big fans of insert team here like you guys are so for us with the vancouver canucks of the nhl we just got them on this year we, we really go out of our way to understand the fan base we don't treat them like blue jays fans or maple leafs fans in toronto we treat them like vancouver canucks fans that's awesome and understand what do they do what do they love what do what is unique to their market that we can really communicate to so that way we look as authentic as they do because we want to make sure that hey listen we're about that too if you guys are about lunar new year which is what we celebrated with them this past monday we made sure we understand what do the Chinese community of Vancouver really, really passionate about when it comes to hockey. Yeah. So just to showcase that, hey, we get it. We're speaking to you directly. So at the end of the day, like I said, it's that fan experience and how to use tech to really build on that. I love that. I love that. And it sounds like you're very passionate about not not only your role, but uh, where where you're at, at, at TD. And um, obviously, it sounds like, again, like you're very passionate and everything like that. So um, what has... 
your job done and maybe you specifically what have you and your department done to make your culture um just something that has people like you um talking about it so much and so passionately i think it kind of works in a couple ways i think on one hand it's it's the passion that you bring to the fold as an individual like your culture is, is one part of the equation but you also have to develop your own culture itself because if People, like you said, Izzy, like you notice the passion that I have. Mm -hmm. And I like to bring that passion into all aspects of my life, especially when it deals with the, the business that I work in. One thing I like about where I work right now is that my team, while small, they're very trustworthy. They believe in autonomy. And they also have respect for what you bring to the table. So they rely on you to bring that expertise. But then they also put some onus on you to say, hey, we know you're a smart individual explain your rationale for why you want to pitch this idea because everyone's like well you work for a big bank must have a ton of budget yes and no the yeah. budget's there but how do you make those dollars work as hard as possible so if you're going to say let's go into let's call it virtual reality for baseball now that's the hot thing now everyone's doing it yeah now banking really hasn't gone down that path per se because you really don't want to create a virtual reality experience but someone walking into a bank and applying for a mortgage. It's not right. the most exciting thing to do in a Bucks <laughs> game, I'd say, right? Yeah. So unless Giannis is behind the, the counter and offering to you know, give you season seats as a reward. Yeah. But more so it's saying, what strategies am I going to use that only benefit the fan, but benefits the bank as well? And I think that's what working at a big bank, especially a TD, allows me to do is to say, hey, Mitch, we get your passion. We know that you're, you're an intelligent individual about business. How, we're going to let you combine those two to really make this brand elevate amongst the fan perception across Canada. So I think that's what's really welcoming to be at TD because it allows you to think in those kind of intricate ways uh, to bring that passion in a more professional way versus just going there being like, oh, did you see that game last night? What an amazing game. It's more about, okay, did you see that activation that ex-partner did? How can we be, do one better than that? And something along those lines. I love that. I love that. It's, it sounds more than anything like you have that – you also have that creative freedom, it seems like, on, on the back end uh, where you have that, um, the freedom to, like you said, explore different opportunities. Maybe it is, maybe it is one day that VR experience or maybe it is that eSports uh, getting your front foot in the door on that end. So I love that. And I love that you're actually staying like relevant and, and knowing stuff like that Marshmallow concert. Like uh, <laughs> Eric just made a uh, LinkedIn video about it and did amazing. And I was laughing the entire time because here I am scrolling through Instagram at night. And of course, I'm scrolling past funny videos on barstool and then they show that and i'm just sitting there laughing the entire time because i never thought like whoever thought of that had to get a massive raise because it was a hit mm -hmm. a huge hit and it's genius yeah and uh something like that that's that's definitely the future but i love that you have that freedom to uh stay re relevant in a way but moving moving back i you just got married or you're in the process <laughs> uh, i'm in the process of getting married okay. so I got, i'm getting married uh, end of june uh, this year awesome congratulations beforehand thank you, thank you um well obviously you got a lot of planning and everything like that and this might get a little personal so if you don't want to answer completely fine but like if like you have all this planning that goes on with it how how do you balance um coming home or going from going to work every day and not bringing that back home because a lot of people 
uh, ask us that question on our end. They're always asking like, hey, um, with a startup, it's 24-7, 24-7. And uh, it's the same. There's a lot of people that argue that it's the same way. And I think I would argue at a nine to five, it's almost 24-7, because, especially in sponsorship, because you go mm-hmm. home and it's it's pretty funny. Um, I used to go home and watch Brewers games and Bucks games and like Bears games and White Sox, all these all these different teams. I used to go home and watch them, but I would always be okay. That was an awesome activation, or this is this is a good idea. I'm going to take this back to my position. Um, mm-hmm. So, how do you separate that that personal life and that that corporate life to make sure that obviously the fiance is happy at home, but then mm-hmm. um, your your boss is happy when you come in with a new idea at, uh, in the morning. Great question, by the way. That's a, that's, a, that's a big, that's a loaded question, but it's a great question. I would say, well, first off, I'm very blessed to have an amazing fiance who's very, very supportive. You know, she's following her own passion. She's hustling for her own passion. So I think that's where we're aligned already. Uh, the reason why, obviously, I popped the question uh, to her because the fact that, you know, she's my soulmate and she gets that passion drive about how, you know, it's 24-7 thing. Just like how I am with sports, she's she's in teaching and uh, she works at the university here in Toronto. And, awesome. you know, she, she listens to podcasts on teaching. I listen to podcasts on sports business. So <laughs> we, we, re, we respect the hustle. We respect each other's mutual hustle. So with that, you know, how to turn off, it's that, yes, as, just like you said, you said it very perfectly. Being in sports, regardless of what you're in, and really any industry, if you're very passionate about it, it's not a nine to five. Right. Your brain is always live. It's it's constantly running on a treadmill of ideas, and you're just kind of absorbing every sort of li- little idea that kind of pops in your head as you wake up in the morning. You check your feeds. You go to work. You have lunch. You meet up with friends. You watch the games. You go home. You sleep at night. Maybe even before you go to sleep, you check that feed one more time. Mm-hmm. Throughout the time, there's that ability to absorb. But one I think I learned over the last year and a half being really in this industry is just to learn how to live in the moment a bit more often. And so what I try to do is that when, when the day is done, I try to set some time aside where I'm dedicated to spending time with Michelle, who's my fiance. So when we're on the commute home, that's a good 40 minutes, unfortunately, maybe on a, an hour on a bad day. It's just her and I. Like I don't focus. I don't open up the phone. I don't look at emails. I don't worry. But unless there's something extremely, extremely important will work. I don't even touch the phone. Mm-hmm. We get home. We have a strict policy. We get to dinner right away. So we cook dinner as much as we can every night. We nice. spend, that's our time spending together. So we're doing that one-on-one. There's no distractions, nothing. We eat together. We may put on the Netflix, maybe watch a movie or something. Again, one-on-one time. But once we conclude that around, let's say, call it 9 p.m., then it's kind of work time. Then it's kind of, okay, let's put our hats back on. She's got some hustle like she's got to focus in on. I got my hustle I got to focus in on. So we try to put a strict one hour in there. You power through that hour as much as you can. We probably don't talk a whole lot. I put my earphones in, maybe throw a podcast or some music on, and I just focus, and she does the same. And then by 10, we're out. And so that way, it's we've developed a bit of a routine. Yeah. But that routine allows us to be able to, A, spend time with each other, but also, B, understand that we also have a passion to develop in the external world. So if we can combine the two, we're going to be, you know, just – just smiling and laughing all the way to the altar uh, on June 29th. Yeah, so, uh, that's awesome. Hopefully the, the next Jay-Z and Beyonce or whoever, whatever celebrity couple that you want to put out there, that <laughs> that's what it sounds like between your two passions. That's awesome. That's well, amazing initial, to hear. Her, her name is Michelle. My name is Mitch. So we just go by Eminem, man. So oh, if, uh, Eminem. That's awesome. If, if Eminem's <laughs> listening right now, hook a brother up. We got some play favorites for, uh, for the wedding. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, gosh. So your, your fiance is a teacher. Um, not to relate too much. And I, we, like, personally... 
Um, a lot of people and entrepreneurs in my space like to bash school for whatever reason. Uh, personally, I have a I have a bachelor's degree, and if it wasn't for that bachelor's degree, I would not be where I am today. Um, no matter how much piles of debt I have um, figuratively right behind me, um, I literally wouldn't change it for the world. What do you like? moving like moving forward like if you were to go back into time if tech advances that much uh go back into time and say all right i really wish i would have learned this in school what would you have changed in a teacher's um kind of um, lesson plan or something like that maybe in, it's in high school or in college what would you want to have what do you want to have learned uh back in college or high school yeah i think for me you know you know, as I started off at the top saying I really didn't have any regrets about where I am right now, and I don't, but I still want to be fair and answer your question and say if I were to go, you know, hop in the DeLorean and, and go back in time to... Uh, <laughs> that was a good, know, that was a better one. <laughs> you like that one? Like yeah, that, that was good. Uh, uh, if, I, if I could go back in time and, and figure out you know, where I go, where, where could I change the course of my education history or in terms of a class, I think, you know, I, I went down that financial route. Mm -hmm. uh, which was what the school I went to for my undergrad was very, very strong at in terms of performance wise. But I think a lot of my other friends were more into that, not broadcasting, or they just called it a, a cross communications program. And mm -hmm. that one, it really was focused more on public speaking and really owning your confidence in, in being extroverted. Because I was very introverted growing up. Uh, I went to a private school for high school. So they'd only teach you social skills because I, I had a class size of 15 people. So growing up after that and then going into undergrad, moving from Edmonton in high school to Toronto for university, that's a huge jump. It's like moving from, I, I would say like moving from Madison to New York. Oh, right? wow. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a huge jump. So meeting new people, very diverse cultures. I, I was very overwhelmed. And I, I, even though now I feel more confident with my public speaking abilities, back then I wish I got more invested in that. So that would mean, it would allow me to meet more people. So while it's not necessarily like a sciences or a mathematics sort of course, I think that What's, you know, what's lacking in, in the Gen Z demo in these days is that ability to just be personable. Yeah. You know, everyone's stuck to their phones. And it's so and I, that, I get that's a business. And that's why a lot of us are in that business, to get into that mindset. But yeah. are we not detracting away from what makes us human? And that's that face-to-face. -face. Even though you and I are doing this over Skype, <laughs> but at the same time, that's because of where we live. But most of the time, when you're living in Milwaukee or if I'm living in Toronto, you want to have those face-to-face -face conversations. Like if you fly up here, if I fly down, we're going to grab a beer we're going to have some cheese and we're going to have a good time. <laughs> we really want to make sure that, you know, we bring that back. So I think that's one thing I, I really wish I kind of spent more time doing and enjoying the, the physical versus the digital at that stage of my life, just because I think that would have been more beneficial to the learning how to develop relationships and networking before we got the LinkedIn's of the world. Yeah. And I, I, I love that answer. They really, my, uh, me and my girlfriend decided, Hey, um, we're going to start going to places on vacations with each other that, um, don't focus on the partying or the hardcore, like no offense to Vegas, Vegas is a good time, but I'm not going to go to Vegas with my girlfriend. I'd rather go to the Portland's of the world or the Denver's or uh, like this year we're going to Michigan to a small island in Michigan. And you can literally um, there's no uh, you can't bring your car on the island itself. It's called Mackinac Island. Mackinac Island. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're going out to Mackinac. Uh, I used to go there as a kid and I used to tell her all the time about it. And she's like, we should go. And you can't bring your car. You have to bike around the entire thing or um, you you have to horse carriage around, which gets kind of stinky, but, um, like little stuff like that. It's, it 
makes me turn off the phone. It makes me um, crave the attention of whoever I'm around. Like we're going to go with our friends and stuff like that. And it's going to be more of one-on-one conversations and less of texting each other through this or DMing each other or sending a a stupid meme to each other. It's going to be more authentic conversation. So I completely relate on that, on that front for sure. Staying off the phone for sure. Um, But so you've, you've done all this. um, And like, what would a lot of people ask this question to people in your in your space and in your position that you're in today, what's, what do you think the most essential skill that college students need um, entering the workforce right now? I think, you know, it kind of probably goes back to my earlier answer, which is ability to, and even I know you're doing that too, Izzy, which is kind of removing yourself from the phone. Now it's not so much as what I talked about earlier, but being more face to face, that is part of it, but it's that reliance on saying, you know what, I'm just gonna use LinkedIn, I'm just gonna hit connect and I've done my, my part as networking. That's not networking because now we live in, this, in an age now where LinkedIn is the norm mm-hmm. and now it's almost like the new resume. How are you gonna make yourself stand out by, over the thousands of people that hit connect on the same person's profile? The next level is, okay, I gotta send a more personalized message to that individual Yep. And then from there, you have to keep digging, you have to keep digging. So I think what people, you know, who are young college students now are trying to maybe find a, a, a point of differentiation or that competitive advantage is what we use in marketing a lot to how to differentiate brands is what's going to be your competitive advantage. You can't be like everyone else. If someone says they use LinkedIn to network, well, don't just do the bare minimum. Find out what they do that's unique that makes them successful. Right. Right. Like, yes, I'm sure it's the same thing you did before you started this company to understand, okay, what am I going to do differently with this startup? that maybe someone else who failed that couldn't get right. Because yep. you want to make sure this all this, you no one does this to fail. Everyone does this to succeed. Exactly. So I think that's that's the one thing I think the college students need to have is just learn how you need to be personable, you need to be interactive, and you need to be almost ready to be face-to-face and have that confidence to say, okay, I got to let this person know I want a coffee chat with them. I just don't want to have a phone call. If they, especially, obviously, if they live in the same city. Yeah. But you want to be able to say, I want to see face-to-face because I remember all my conversations with people who reached out to me on LinkedIn when they came face-to-face with me. If they send me emails, I don't know what they look like. I don't know how they talk. Exactly. I don't know if they're funny or how their emails come across. But when I meet them face-to-face, I never forget them because then when they shoot me a note the next time, boom, I automatically remember who they are and I'm willing to give them the time of day because they already gave me the, their time. Yeah. So I'm willing to do the same for them. I love that. Yeah, and it, it literally perfectly aligns. I, I spoke at uh, university up here on Monday. Actually, it was my first time guest speak or guest lecturing. Um, it went well. I think half this only half the class skipped that day, but um, every everything else other than that went well. But essentially, they they really wanted me to talk about networking and just like almost pro tips as to what I would do, what I would recommend, and that was one of the like questions I was asked at at that point. And I, I know I send out, uh, just general, um, questions as to, okay, I might ask you this or that for our podcast, but I was, it was really threw me off when somebody asked me the question. And, uh, my big thing is I used, I told them straight up, I was like, Hey, uh, you have to learn how to stalk. And they were like, wait, what? And I'm like, honestly, um, you have to be able to set yourself apart, like you said, uh, whether it's that personalized message or whether it's you sending them. Um, I actually w- received a video via via email to actually put that face to the name um, and uh, little quirky things like that do a job. Like people, people 
can honestly say, all right, they actually did their homework. They know this, they know that. And it, it works. It really does. And, um, yeah, it, it was just, it was weird getting that question. Um, but it, it's funny how you kind of, you think the same thing, like you need to make sure that you're personable. You have to, you, I think the main thing is that, um, you need to learn in college, you need to learn how to sell yourself because if you're going into sales or you're going into anything, I mean, any point, Anywhere that you are in an organization, you're in sales. Um, but especially if you're going straight into sales, how are you going to sell a product if you don't know how to sell yourself to get in the door? Um, exactly. So that's that's one of the big things. Like moving forward, um, I, I do a lot with just different um, teachers in the area and stuff like that. I'm like, hey, you just need to teach these kids like really how to how to talk to individuals that they may may not know like um a lot of people are nervous and stuff like that completely get it uh q himself was really shy dude honestly really weird dude but like he finally he brought he broke out of that mold and he's one of the like he's a complete 180 from when i first met him and um it's it's honestly helped our company so much because he's not in that little box that he used to have himself in he's open and is willing to talk to someone um and can have a conversation with someone so um yeah that's 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 awesome um but moving forward um we have we have a couple couple more questions um obviously with the the podcast rebrand have to ask you um the the podcast rebranded into strange on purpose um a lot of people that have come on and come on the show from here on out um are strange and they're strange on purpose um i see i think it's a pug behind you um in on the art yeah that's that's oh my gosh that's awesome um yeah what's what what do you think is strange why do you think you're strange on purpose well normal is boring yeah, uh, that's just always been my thing. It's just I think whenever I do something in life, I like to be a little bit different, I like to be a little bit strange. And that was uh, that artwork <laughs> that you see behind me is one example of that. I, th- I always use it as an analogy about myself. I think I'm not just a regular you know, dog. I'm a dog, a little bit of style, a little bit of charisma uh, <laughs> and a little bit of coolness, too. Right. So that's awesome. Um, and a little bit of color, too. Not just your typical dog. But the point <laughs> being is that I think to your point with being like uh, strange with purpose, as you asked me. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I look at it two two parts. One, it's you know you have to have a purpose, and for me, I know I, I'm trying to figure out what my true purpose in life is. I don't think I figured it out quite yet, but I, every day I figure out, okay, what am I going to accomplish today when it comes to a my job or b with wedding planning with Michelle or c just become a better fiance and a husband for her. Like how to become a good person in my family. Those are different purposes I have, but the strange element I like to kind of bring into the forefront is that. Strange being in a positive sense. You know, yeah. People look at strange could be negative. It definitely has more negative connotations in, in the in the mass public. But what's strange is that you stand out. Yep. You're doing things your way because it's who you are. Yeah. And I think that's how you own your purpose because your purpose then becomes Mitch Sharma's purpose because I'm doing it the way I want to do it. And as long as I know that it's not offending anyone, it's bringing happiness into people's lives, it's making a difference, I'll continue being strange till the day I die. Yeah. I love that. I, oh my gosh, that's probably one of the best answers we've got so far. Um, so yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, and I'm sure that this question will have a similar answer. But what obviously with us being the misfits, what do you what do you think makes you uh, a misfit? Well, I'm a very goofy individual. Um, Michelle yes. will attest that if you ever get a chance to meet her, I am a. Uh, I don't do that too much at work because obviously at work I try to have the. Uh, 
the, the professional hat on. But yeah. uh, at home, I take that hat off, the professional hat off, and I'm just a complete goofball uh, and lunatic. But I think with Misfit, I think, you know, it's a misfit with, with passion and a mis- misfit with love. Yeah. And it's, you know, I love what I do. Uh, I love my family. I love my friends. Uh, you know, I love where, where I work. Uh, I think, you know, life for me has been, has been awesome. And I think in the last 12 years and the point where I was confused at one point on stage of my career, uh, Jason from HSB Securities guided me to say, follow your passion. That's when I think the misfit switch turned on and I realized I got to be different. I got to stand out because I have a goal and I got, I got to go about it a way that some people don't have it. I didn't have any connections in sports business at that time. I had no doors open for me, no connections, no kind of silver spoon in my mouth. So yeah. I think being a misfit and regardless of what you're trying to do, it's, it's finding how you're going to make yourself unique. And I think how you're going to be strange with purpose. That's awesome, dude. Well, obviously I, I nice finally putting a face to the name. Obviously we, we chatted before, um, but I appreciate you jumping on. Honestly, this is probably going to be one of the best um, podcasts that I've been on with, with anybody on strange on purpose or the urban misfit show. Um, So I appreciate you jumping on with us today and I'll keep you for like three seconds after, but I, again, uh, appreciate everything that you have done so far. And um, Oh, last question, actually, where can people find you? Uh, you know what? You can find me on LinkedIn. Definitely hit up Mitch Sharma whenever you, if anyone wants to chat, talk business, talk shop, talk food, whatever it is you want to talk about. You can With a me personalized message, though? Personalized message, though. Like, stand out. And <laughs> let me know that you hit me up on this podcast. That's the way I know that you're standing out. <laughs> Maybe just tell me how you're being a misfit. I love to hear Ooh. how people are being strange with purpose. There you go. There you go. Well, thanks again, man. And uh, appreciate you jumping on today. Hey, Izzy, all the congrats to you too, man. I appreciate uh, you having me on. And you know what? You've done big things since we started talking a couple of years ago. So all the best to you and the team. Thank you.